Welcome back to the audio diary of Aaron Lockman. Yesterday, when I woke up at 5.30 a.m. to go to work, I checked the weather app on my phone. It was 46 degrees outside. I opened the window, and sure enough, the air that rushed inside was cool and clear and acidic, like a tall glass of ice water after a long, hot day. I could smell that faint hint of autumn in it, that scent of dead leaves and mold and crunchy things and cinnamon. I stuck my head out the window and inhaled, feeling the cold whip at my skin. The clouds to the east glowed lavender in anticipation of the sunrise, and the lake was a deep indigo. I somehow felt that there was significance to all this. So I called Target, and I told them I was sick. I told them that I was vomiting by the bucketfuls, that my apartment was in the midst of a great and terrible vomit storm, my bathroom home to a vomit waterfall, emptying into the mighty vomit river of my toilet. I may have gone somewhat overboard with the imagery in retrospect. Regardless, the man I spoke with seemed quite eager to end the conversation and told me to take the day off. After I hung up, I donned a sweater, a strange feeling after spending so many months baking in the Midwestern heat. And then I left the apartment and went outside. The breeze was robust, like a child out to play after hours in a stuffy classroom. The coolness slapped and pawed at me. I walked and walked. I walked past Soldier Field and past the square enclave of water where all the sailboats were tethered, snoozing away at their moorings. I arrived at the long artificial peninsula that houses Adler Planetarium. The sun was beginning to rise over the lake, and I walked towards it. I walked past the ominous metal stairwell in front of the planetarium, around the glass enclosure, to the edge of the water. The sun was up by now, boiling a deep blood orange on the horizon. I approached the small brick booth that stood next to the lake, and which cast a long, dark shadow onto the ground. And out there, in front of Adler Planetarium, I met myself. I was sitting, leaned up against the booth, my hands behind my head. As I approached, the other me glanced nonchalantly in my direction, but did not seem perturbed or even surprised. He looked exactly like me, except cooler, older, a bit skinnier with more muscular arms. His sweatshirt was blue instead of red like mine, and he had had the foresight to bring a pair of sunglasses. I had to squint and avert my eyes from the bright, bright sunrise. He simply gazed. I sat down next to him. He did not acknowledge me. Are you me from the future? I asked. He chuckled. Do I even get a hello? He said. Sorry, I replied. He chuckled again. 
He had very nice teeth, whiter than mine. It's fine, he said. You're very blunt. You don't mess around. I forgot how much I liked that about you. You haven't answered my question. So I haven't. He took off his sunglasses and looked sideways at me. His gaze was comforting, fatherly. His eyes were identical to mine in color, a deep, dark brown. But they moved around less. I'm, I'm not you from the future, exactly, he said. I'm you from a future, insofar as the future even exists. Do you ever watch food commercials? Yes. And you know how the food they actually use in the commercials would kill you if you ate it? Like how the meat is covered in shoe polish to make it look nice, and uh, how the maple syrup on pancakes is actually motor oil? Yes. I'm kind of like that. You get what I'm saying? Not really. Eh, well, maybe I'm not doing it justice. It's hard to explain. We sat in comfortable silence for a few moments. The sun was higher and brighter now, looking more like its yellow daytime self. The sky was regaining its comforting blue pallor, although the temperature remained brisk. What are you doing out here? I asked him. Same as you, he said. I come out here to think. A pause. And then... You should apologize to him, said my other, better self. I've thought about it, I said. But I'm frightened. That he won't forgive you? Well, yes. But it's not just that. What else could it be? I'm afraid... I am afraid that I am inadequate. Incompetent. I try to investigate, to understand, to empathize, to reach out, but my reaching hands keep turning into fists, waving around at random. I am afraid that all I ever do is hurt people, through both my actions and inactions. I am afraid that to exist is to hurt. The other me looked out at the lake. I could see his eyes flickering in the morning light, the gears in his head processing my words. Everything I have learned about life, he said finally, in the many years I have spent being your quasi-future self, can be summed up in three words. Do you want to hear him? I didn't respond. I was breathing deeply, attempting to hold back tears. The thing about life, he continued, is this. It goes on. There is no shortcut, no cheat code, no final battle. There is simply the next thing. Life is a, a first draft that you don't get to rewrite and never ends. That's depressing, I said. Suck it up, said my better self.
When your apartment gets messy, you clean it. When the dishes pile up in the sink, you wash them, and when you hurt the people you care about, you apologize, and you talk to them. I'm not sure if I like you, I said. That's good, he replied, but his voice was suddenly soft, gentle. That means I'm doing my job. I lay my head on his shoulder and cried. He embraced me. We sat there for several minutes, listening to the soft morning waves swish beneath us. When I opened my eyes, he was gone. I had not felt him loosen his grip on me, or get up, or heard him walk away. It was as if he'd never been there. I gathered myself and stood up. I made to walk back to my apartment. But as I rounded the other side of the planetarium, I saw something. It was hovering in the air near the metal stairwell. It looked like a star, a tiny pinprick of light, except bright blue. It shimmered and waxed and waned. It was difficult to spot in the daylight. By this time, there were other pedestrians milling about, and nobody seemed to see the light except me. The blinking blue light gave one last sputter and dispersed, dissipating discreetly into the air like a quiet firework. The difference was so negligible that I vaguely wondered if I had seen anything at all. Next time on the audio diary of Aaron Lockman, I return to school to begin my penultimate year as a college student. There will no doubt be peril. There will no doubt be angst. And who knows? I may even learn something. That and more next week.